This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Just lift up our hands to the Lord and give him thanks and give him praise and bless him. Thank him for every test, every trial, every hard place, every adverse circumstance. They are just opportunities to act on the word of God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Father. We're so good. You're so good to us. And we're so grateful. Praise his holy name. Praise his holy name. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's open Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Our prayers from verse 16. And we'll just pray together. One, two. I cease not to give thanks for men and myself in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us word who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and has put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Chapter 3 from verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he'll grant me according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might and spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in faith, that I, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints, watch the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that I might be filled with all the fullness of God, now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us unto him be glory in the church by christ jesus throughout all ages world without end in jesus name amen praise the lord like we said those are prayers of supplication that paul prayed for the churches in ephesus inspired by the holy ghost now it's scripture so it's inspired, never loses its inspiration. 
And if it was good enough for the saints in Ephesus, good enough for the saints in Abuja or wherever else you're at. Praise the Lord. And you notice there are prayers of supplication. There are some things that are prayers of faith. A prayer of faith, you pray just once. You don't pray for the same thing two times. After you prayed for it once, you thank God. Amen. Thank God for the answer. But this is not a prayer of faith. It's a prayer of supplication. A prayer of supplication. You notice it said, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So there were prayers he prayed repeatedly for them. Amen. Stay with those prayers. Don't just pray it once and quit. Stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. Heavenly Father, we approach your word once again reverently and humbly tonight. We thank you for the great and mighty one, the Holy Ghost, whom you sent to be our teacher and to be our guide. We trust that you will open up the word of God to our spirits. Thank you because we won't just be hearers of this word, but we doers of the same. Thank you because we take our place in Christ and we exercise our authority. We rule, we reign in union with God. Thank you, Father, for it. Pamanito, sososusto, prevata, lenenigapa, legelilapa, legelilapa, lustovada. Listen, set the Lord to that which I've spoken to you. Listen, set the Lord to that which I've quickened in your heart. Listen, set the Lord to that prompting, that prompting, that nudge that's deep down within. For ye, I will guide you in the way you shall go. I will guide you by my eye. For that witness that's within your spirit, that witness that's within your heart, that's the way I lead, that's the way I guide. So stop trying to ascertain through your senses what direction I'm leading. Stop trying to ascertain through circumstances my leading, but follow the peace that's within. Follow the witness that's in you, and you'll see that uh, you'll go forth into my glory, and you'll walk in my strength, and you'll live in my provisions, and you'll have much cause to rejoice and much cause to be glad. Amen. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Pomradasi, bemeratho, paradegosta, prevevitana, nengalesto, 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 pavada. There's light in your bosom. There's light in your heart. There's light within your spirit, for the spirit of truth resides within. Yea, He will open up that light and cause you to see, cause you to see so plain. He will open up that light, for light is resident in your inner man. You are born of God, you are begotten from above. You are not in the kingdom of darkness, but now you are in the light. And the prince of peace himself, the master of creation. In your spirit he dwells, in your spirit he resides. He is the light of the world, and so you are a carrier of light. He is the light of the world, for you are not in the dark, but now you partake of light. Walk in that light, and your path will be filled with brightness. Walk in that light, and you'll go from faith to faith. From glory to glory. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He is a good God. He is a good God. He is a good God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. There's someone right somewhere over here who's been battling depression for a while. You've been battling depression for a while. Who are you? Amen. The Lord told me to tell you to do something. Who's it? You've been battling depression for a while. Who are you? Just lift up your hand if you're the person. All right. You know what? We're going to help you do it. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Amen. Stand to your feet. 
And I want you to just have a good laugh at the devil. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. Not the oil of sadness, but the oil of gladness. Amen. And the Bible says that when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. The Lord had done great things for us. We're off, we're glad. Amen. Do you believe you're free? Do you believe you're free? Look at me, sister. Do you believe you're free? Can you do this? Look at me. Can you do ha ha ha? Can you do that? Can you do that? Can you do that? Just go right ahead. The Bible says, He that seated in the heavens shall laugh. is over. Amen. Glory to God. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the end of it. Amen. The cloud has lifted. It's gone. Glory to God. You may please be seated. Amen. Praise the Lord. See the Bible says the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The word of God is anointed. But you see that joy is also anointed. The Bible says joy unspeakable and full of glory. Bible says Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. In another place it says he was raised from the dead by the Spirit of God. Obviously the glory of the Father is the Spirit of God. So that joy is full of the Spirit of God. That joy is anointed. Amen. And the anointing destroys the yoke. The Bible says in the mouth of babes and sucklings God has ordained strength. He has perfected praise that he might steal the adversary. That he might put a stop on the devil. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Yes, we're word people, but we're also flexible enough to flow with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Learned a long time ago, 
It's not about following my plan. It's about his plan. It's about his direction. It's about doing it, doing it his way. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be God. Blessed be God. Get that by me one more time. Pam Redu Sistova Bangladesh Sistico Papa Bandogolo Pada Verodo Setipa Verodo Setipa Tipa 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 Tilaha Levano Gusto Karadehe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. See, there's something about rejoicing. There's something about giving the Father thanks. There's something about just acknowledging the blessing and praising him for it that causes the blessing to manifest. For the Holy Writ declares that blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. As you begin to bless him, indeed the blessings he has blessed you with will come into manifestation. As you begin to bless him, the inheritance that's yours in Christ, you'll be enabled to take advantage of it. For you see, praise is an expression of our faith. Worship is an expression of our gratitude. It's us acknowledging what he has done and thanking him for the answer even in the face of the test. And that brings his power in manifestation. You see, anyone can shout when the walls are down. But it takes faith to shout when the walls are still up. And as we shout and give him thanks, those same walls that have seemed to have held you down, that have seemed to have contained you, that have seemed to have limited you, you'll suddenly see them crumble. And you'll walk in the full liberty that's yours as a believer in Jesus Christ. That's what the Holy Ghost is saying. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we're going to look at our authority. We said authority is delegated power. And we said that the value of that authority depends on the force that is back of the user. In Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power, exousia, authority, to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power, the ability of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So he delegated power to us. He gave authority to us. Amen. And he's a corporation that's back of that authority. It's God who delegated it to us. It's God who gave it to us. So he's the one who stands behind it. Now, we know that originally when God made his man Adam, he said in Genesis when he was going to make him, Genesis 1.26, he said, let us make man in our own image and after our own likeness and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. You see, man had dominion over all the works of, his, of God's hands. Psalm 8, verses 4 and 5, the Bible says, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. Thou hast crowned him with glory and with honor. The word angels, there's a Hebrew word Elohim. God made man a little lower than himself. That's the Hebrew word for God. God made man as much like himself as he could make a being. God made man so much like himself that it was possible for God and man to be in union in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, when God could do that with man, man was pretty close to God in creation. In one sense of the word, Adam was originally the God of this world. Uh, and then God gave him an instruction. You may, he told him to tend the garden, to keep it. 
there was a tree, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Told him, don't eat of it. Said, the day you eat of it, in dying you will die. Adam ate of it. He disobeyed God. He committed high treason. Did he have a legal right to do what he did? Sure. Did he have a moral right to do it? No. He violated the instruction that was given to him. The moment he did that and bowed the knee to God's arch enemy, he forfeited his dominion. And then Satan became his master. Satan assumed his position of authority. And then he began his tyrannical reign. He brought sin with him. He brought sickness with him. He brought poverty with him. He brought failure with him. He brought premature death with him. He brought retrogression with him. He brought evil with him. And then that went on and on and on and on and on. You see, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible says, For by one man sin came into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, in that all have sinned. By Adam, sin came into the world. Amen. And because of that sin, death, that death being spoken of there is spiritual death. Spiritual death came into the world. And then spiritual death began to reign over mankind. Spiritual death began to exercise lordship over humanity through the devil. Let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. From verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Verse 14, nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Now, this seems to imply that there was a cessation of the reign of death when Moses showed up. Now, what was that talking about? Obviously, that wasn't physical death. Because even after Moses, physical death continued. Moses himself died. He's talking about spiritual death. There was a cessation of the reign of spiritual death when Moses came. How? Because through Moses, the law was given. And the law exposed sin for what it was. And also, there was a Levitical priesthood. There was the atonement. There were those things that were made available. And on the day of atonement... Then um, the scapegoat, hands were laid on it. It was taken in the hands of a fit man into a land not inhabited. The sins of the people were uh, cast on that thing. And then there was a covering that was made for Israel for another year. And as a result of that, of their sin being covered, there was a cessation of the reign of spiritual death over them. Men could exercise authority to some degree. Men could take advantage of certain rights, certain privileges, God told them, Exodus 15, 26, if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord thy God, we'll do that which is right in his sight. We'll give ear to his commandments, keep all his statutes. He said, I will permit none of these diseases upon thee, which are permitted upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that he let thee. Exodus 23, 25 and 26, and ye shall serve the Lord thy God, and he will bless thy bread and thy water. He will take sickness away from the midst of thee. There shall none cast their young, nor be barren in thy land. The number of thy days I will fulfill. Remember I said in Psalm 105 verse 37, that he brought them forth with silver and with gold, and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. So you see, there was a cessation of the reign of spiritual death. Through the introduction of the law and the priesthood. Amen. That's what that's talking about. Then verse 15. But not as the offense. So also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead. Much more the grace of God. And the gift by grace. Which is by one man Jesus Christ. Has abounded unto many. 
and not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto righteousness, justification. Verse 17, for if by one man's trespass, one man's offense, death seized the sovereignty, death became Lord, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Notice it doesn't say in this verse that Jesus is the one reigning. It says that you are the one who is to reign. And you are to reign by Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes people say things that are ridiculous. Here people say, well, God is in control. Depends on what you mean by that statement. If you mean God is in control of everything happening in the earth today, you are mistaken. He's not. He's not the one in control. He's not the one who's, who caused what happened in Baga. He, he, God didn't do that. God wasn't in control of that. God is not the one in control in that sense. He delegated his authority to man. Man delegated it to the devil. And then the devil became the god of this world. And then the devil rules. He reigns. He does his stuff. But blessed be God, the story didn't end there. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 talks about the last Adam. Verse 47 calls him the second Adam. The second Adam came. The Lord Jesus Christ came. And in his earth walk, every encounter he had with him, God, everywhere he met him, he checked. Finally, he went to the cross. And through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, he defeated Luke 2, 15. And having spoiled and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. And the translation says, having disarmed principalities and powers. Another one says, having brought to naught principalities and powers. Another one says, having put away from himself principalities and powers. Another one says, having defeated principalities and powers. You see, he defeated the devil. He collected the authority back from him. And that's why he said in Matthew 28, 18, he said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given unto me. And he turned around and delegated that authority to the church. He said in verse 19, Go therefore. Amen. Go with my authority. Go with my name. And Mark's rendition of that, Mark 16, 17, Mark said, In my name, I lay authority over the devil. They cast out devils. We can do that because we've got authority over the devil. Amen. So you see, he delegated the authority back to us. He defeated the devil for us. 1 Corinthians 2, 6 says, How be it? We speak wisdom among them that are perfect, them that are mature. Not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught. Remember, 5.0, naught, You know, that 504, 505, whatever it was. When we say naught, what do we mean? Zero. He brought the devil to zero. He brought the devil to zero. He brought the devil to zero. He reduced the devil to nothing. Amen. And the translation says the dethroned powers that rule this world. You see, he's been dethroned. But how come he's still ruling this world? Because the world doesn't know. But he's been dethroned. He has been deposed. He has been taken away from his position of lordship, his position of rulership. You see, Jesus said that he will build his church. Matthew 16, 18. He said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me ask you a question. Do gates move? He said he will build his church. The gates of hell won't prevail. Gates don't move. Gates aren't moving. How come he's saying the gates won't prevail against us? You know why? Because we are the ones assaulting the gates. We are the ones walking into his territory in court. And we are looting him. We are taking back what is ours. 
we are taking back what is ours and those gates are not strong enough to stop us because they cannot prevail against us we are snatching back the souls of men we're taking back our rightful place of dominion we're walking in the wealth that belongs to the saints of God we're walking in the health that Jesus bought and paid for us to have and those gates amen cannot prevail against us those gates cannot stop us why because the devil is already defeated he's already defeated Hebrews 2 14 and 15 for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood Jesus himself likewise took part of the same he shared in flesh and blood. He took upon himself a physical body. Amen. Took part of the same. Their true death, he might destroy him that had the power of death. That had the power of death. The devil doesn't have the power of death anymore. Death being spoken of there is spiritual death. The devil doesn't have the power of spiritual death anymore. Amen. And deliver them who were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Praise the Lord. He destroyed him. What does that word destroy mean? Does it mean uh, it makes him non-existent? No. It means that he defeated him. One translation, Rotherham's translation says he paralyzed him. He paralyzed him. He paralyzed Satan. He paralyzed his forces. He paralyzed his abilities. Another one, I think it's a good speed. It says he neutralized. He neutralized. Amen. Neutralized all his ability liquidated rendered ineffective as far as we are concerned the devil is a nobody amen luke 10 19 says we are to tread on serpents and scorpions psalm 91 verse 13 it said we'll trample the young lion and the dragon will trample on their feet we trample on the devil's forces why because we are seated together with jesus in heavenly places at the right hand of the father now I keep repeating these things and repeating them again and repeating them again. You don't get it just because you heard it once. Faith doesn't come by hearing. It comes by hearing and hearing. Amen. We keep feeding on these same truths. We keep looking at these same things. Amen. And I just wanted to recap a little bit and then move forward some more. Well, today I want to um, say something about mental illnesses. The believer's authority over mental illnesses. Over mental illnesses. It's an issue that people often wonder about. How do we handle these kind of cases? How do we, what do we do about these kind of issues? You see, Brother Hagin, his daddy left when he was six. His mom had to provide for the four children. You know, she ended up having a physical breakdown. She had a mental breakdown. She had a nervous breakdown. It was pretty bad. Brother Hagin was six then. His mom actually lost it. As a boy of six in 1923, uh, it was over with their grandparents. They had to tell him to see to their mom, see to his mom, while the granny went to spread clothes on the line. And if she began, because she would go to the kitchen, try to take a knife, a butcher knife, and kill herself. She had lost, she wasn't in her right mind. You know, she had broken down. And then the devil was taking advantage of that, trying to use it to mess up her life. He said there were a few times he had to shout, Granny, 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 because his mother got past him and went over to get the knife. 
Now, somebody says, what if that woman had successfully killed herself? Where would she have gone? Of course, heaven. She wasn't in her right mind. She wasn't in her right mind. She got over it, you know. There was a, some preachers sometimes are stupid. You know, their pastor couldn't help. There was a, a, a Baptist doctor who now told them that when it comes to nerves and nervous things, the way to handle them is this. He quoted scripture. said, the Bible says, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Just speak to yourself. Speak to your mind. When you sense that attack coming again, start speaking and say, no, devil, I stand my ground. I'm not going to lose my mind. I take control of my mind. I take charge of my mind. You know, then that Baptist pastor helped, uh, preacher, uh, doctor rather, helped when their pastor couldn't. Sad. You know, but she got over that. Many years after, she died at 80, 80 years and one month. When she was 79, he got to talking with her, Brother Hagen got to talking with his mom and tried to remind her of some of those things. She said, no, I could never have done that. I could never have tried to kill myself. She had no recollection of it. She wasn't in her right mind. Sometimes Christians can begin to worry and begin to worry and begin to worry and begin to worry rather than rolling their cares on the Lord. And then through the anxiety, they can actually lose it, which was what happened in our case. There was one lady too. She, her husband had lost his mind. He was committed to a mental institution. So the lady had to provide for the children, about four of them. And uh, it was such pressure, such pressure on her. She had to work so many jobs, do this, do that, do the other one. As a result of doing that, she began to lose it also, just caving under that pressure. Now, somebody in that particular uh, church, you couldn't be a member if you used tobacco in any form. You know? They'll turn people away who used tobacco. But you know, they had people who were full of worry. Tobacco is bad. I'm not taking up for the tobacco habit. But I'm just saying that worry is a worse habit. It's a worse habit. You know, the lady began to worry until one other lady who stayed in the same neighborhood where she lived went to report her to the pastor. I saw Sister Swan Snow. She's dipping snuff. Now, if she made a case about it, they'll have to turn that lady out of the church. The pastor there told her, don't you tell a soul what you saw. You don't know what pressure that lady is under. If you are the one who's facing the same thing she's facing, only God knows what you will be dipping. Maybe cocaine. Not just snuff. Don't tell anybody. She's under pressure. And she's caving in under the pressure. We're going to help her. I'm going to take her an offering. That's what the pastor said. Thank God for good pastors. With their hearts for people. I'm going to take her an offering. We're going to have a grocery shower on her. I'm just going to be a blessing to her. Well, they did. She was so blessed. A few days after she ran to the pastor with a snuff can in her hands. He said, oh God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. The other day I got to look inside my apron pocket and I saw a snuff can. And I was wondering what's doing there. And my son said that, that I, I sent him to go buy me snuff. And that I was dipping it, dipping it. Oh God, when did I do that? What happened? Oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm so ashamed of myself. She didn't know. She didn't know. She had lost. She, she was sleeping on losing her mind. She was already on the borderline. And then here comes some of these holier-than-thou judgmental 
who don't really care about people and they start hitting people on the neck, hitting people on the head, hitting people, hitting people, hitting people. No, that's what, not what the love of Jesus will do. Now, of course, we take a stand against sin and wrongdoing. We ought to. Are you listening to me? I'm not taking up for sin, but I'm saying that sometimes people are under pressure. And that's why we should just ask ourselves, what will the love of God do? There was this other man. He was a Pentecostal preacher. In fact, he was Assemblies of God. He was the chairman of the ordination committee when Brother Higgin got ordained at age 25. So, respectable man, dignified man, preacher of the gospel, very kind man. Probably you've never seen a kinder man than that man. But what happened to him? He had a stroke. And when he had the first stroke, it was bad. Then he had a second stroke. And then at the second stroke, he lost the use of his right arm and his left leg. And then he had to be hospitalized, uh, to be, to, to be um, confined to a bed in their daughter's house. So the daughter and the wife they were helping to look after him. And then they noticed something will happen to this man. What was it? He'll begin, when he'll have some spells, he'll suddenly begin to act up. Suddenly begin to act up. He'll take his fist while his wife is trying to lay the bed. I want to hit her in the face. Preacher man. And begin to curse at her. Call her all sorts of names. Did he understand what was happening to him? We'll act nasty. We'll talk ugly. We'll lose his temper. We'll just lose it. And, you know, they didn't know how to handle that. Then he died. Some years after, 1950, she was at a meeting. Brother Hagin said he was teaching and he just looked in her direction and he saw a, a cloud over her head. He knew exactly what it was. He understood then he decided to veer off and talk about that. And then he explained. He said sometimes somebody could be sick. And that's what happened in this man's case. When he had the second stroke, you see, it damaged some of his brain cells. So his brain could no longer exercise authority over his body. He lost some use of that. And then the devil will now take advantage of that situation and began to influence him and influence that behavior. The interesting thing that the wife saw is that anytime he began to do that, They'll begin to pray in other tongues. And then the man will start praying in tongues. And when he starts praying in tongues, all that will leave. Because you see, when you pray in tongues, you're speaking out of your spirit. And his spirit was exercising dominion over his body. And then he will calm down. But they didn't know what to do. They really should have just taken authority over it and told the thing to leave him. That's his her husband. He had authority in her household. You know? The lady had been wondering, maybe her husband didn't make it to heaven. Where did he go? But when she saw God's word explained about that, she understood what happened. It was the devil. It was demon spirits taking advantage of the use of, uh, the loss of the use of his arm and leg and some part of his brain, the fact that he had lost control of that. So his brain couldn't control his body like it should. So the devil helped him. Do you see that? They should have just and could have just taken authority over that situation. Do you know something? You can get, there are some people who are dumb. Are you listening? They are dumb. Who can talk? You can get them filled with the Holy Ghost and they will talk in tongues. I'll tell you why. It depends on the cause of their dumbness. If it's the vocal, if the vocal cords are intact, but the problem is the brain. If it's somewhere in the brain where the trouble is, but nothing is wrong with the vocal cords, he'll receive the Holy Ghost and start talking in tongues. Because when he talks in tongues, he's not talking out of his head. That has happened. Speaking out of his spirit. Amen. And he can speak in tongues right out of his spirit. You see, 
When it comes to diseases of the mind, one thing is this, you've got to realize, man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a physical body. The real man is a spirit being. When we got saved, the life of God was imparted into our spirits. The Holy Ghost lives in our spirits. Now, we still have the mind to renew. Romans 12, 2. We have our bodies to present to God as a Christian have a demon, yes, but not in his spirit. A demon can influence a believer's mind if he will let it. A demon can influence a believer's body if he will let it. Amen. Those things can happen. Those things can happen. If he doesn't know his authority, if he doesn't take his authority over the devil and wield it, the devil could do that. Sometimes through wrong thinking, people have opened themselves up to all sorts of things. There was this man, he was a professor. He was retired. He was a professor of psychology in a university in Texas. He majored on, the, on criminology, particularly the sexual criminal. He had retired now, but for some reason, he began to pick up some of those books. And he was just studying them. And he was studying about how they molest little girls and all those things. And as he was feeding on those books, some spirits, by this time he was born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. But you see... He was feeding on the wrong stuff, and he didn't know his authority in Christ. Some of those spirits got a hold of him, and he began to act that way. He began to molest little girls. His wife was going to leave him. Actually, she had separated, and it was a situation. One day, he was watching on TV, and he watched Lester Sumrall talk about demons, how they influence people, you know, and the fact that we have authority over them. So he tried to reach Brother Lester, Brother Sumrall, for help. Brother Sumrall asked where he was. He said he was in Texas. Brother Samuel told him, well, I'm far off. There's someone who's close by who's a friend of mine, Kenneth E. Hagin. Call their office, 918-258-1588. I think that was the number then, too. Call their office. He called the office. God will speak with Brother Hagin. When he did, when he did, Brother Hagin told him, come over. He came over, sat with him, told him the story. And then Brother Hagin told him, he said, you know what happened to you? As he began to feed on that stuff, some of those spirits got a hold of you. He said, in actual fact, three of them. Two, one was a lying spirit. One was a deceiving spirit. There was one that was an unclean spirit. Now, did they possess his spirit? No, they didn't. They, but they were influencing his mind. And therefore, controlling his behavior. Listen to me. As a believer, you see, most problems that people have is not demons. Most problems people have is the flesh. You will have more trouble with the flesh than you, you will with demon activity. Most things that people call a spirit is no spirit. It's just flesh, 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 flesh. What are we to do with flesh? It's easy to blame it on flesh. But the funny thing is this. You can't cast out your flesh. If you want to cast your spirit out of your flesh, well, then you go to heaven. But as long as you are inside that body, you will have the flesh to contend with. And if you don't do something with your body, and you don't do something with your mind... What God's word tells you to do, you become an easy prey to Satan. You become an easy prey to Satan. Well, Brother Hagin told him, he said, I can help you, but I won't mess with you unless you promise you'll do three things. Number one, you'll never read those books again. In fact, when you get home now, gather them together and burn them. Look, some Christians feed on wrong stuff. I don't watch horror films. I don't. If the thing says horror, I change it. I don't watch it. I don't mess with it. You say, well, but it's just a film. Oh. You see, whatever spirit inspired that activity, 
That same spirit is in the atmosphere. That same spirit is in the atmosphere. And as you feed on the wrong stuff, you can get influenced by the wrong stuff. If you get your children always watching people killing each other, that one killing each other, that one fighting, that one fighting, you just notice that those kids get more aggressive. Am I saying we can't have some leisure? I'm not saying so. Am I saying we can't have some entertainment? I'm not saying so. Man is a spirit. He has a soul. He lives in a body. Yes, it's not Bible all the time. I agree. You should live a normal life. Obviously, put the Bible first, though. Amen. But then, have fun. Have leisure. God wants us to have fun. If you want to watch TV, watch TV. But be careful what you watch. Be careful what you read. Don't destroy yourself because you want to have entertainment. Don't entertain yourself into the devil's hands. Yeah. Told the man, burn up that stuff when you get home. Then number two, promise me you'll read your Bible every day. Every single day of your life, you'll read the Bible. He said, yes, sir, I will. Said then number three, promise me you'll pray in tongues at least 30 minutes every single day. The man said, I will. All right, in the name of Jesus, he told those three devils to leave him. He was instantly delivered. Now, 15 months after... He was in another meeting. He just saw this couple, this man and his wife, holding hands, looking younger, just, you know, could hardly wait for everybody to be gone or for themselves to be by themselves, you know. And then they came to meet Brother Higgin, and they were greeting him. He was wondering, who's this? He said, I'm that man 15 months ago that needed help. My wife had left me. He said, you know something? Since that day, I've never had any, just one trouble again with those things. That thing stopped. Look, when you're dealing with unnatural behaviors, like someone molesting little girls, like someone. When it comes to unnatural things, usually it's demon activity. You see homosexuality. Homosexuality is not a state of birth. It's a state of the mind. The Bible calls it uncleanness. And the Bible calls uncleanness one of the works of the flesh. Now, the devil can take advantage of the flesh, and then a demon can now enforce it. The Bible calls it a reprobate mind, a mind void of judgment. Amen. A mind void of judgment. I know somebody who had a, some trouble in some of those areas. With him, he started as a work of the flesh. and knew know this person personally. The hand of God was upon him. My God, that young man was anointed. Talk about somebody being anointed. He was anointed. I mean deeply anointed. But then, he began to indulge his flesh. He began to indulge his flesh. I talked with him a number of times. He told me, he said, look, it's his will. And that he's what he wants to do. I said, well, you've got to do something about your will. Stop willing the wrong thing. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sweat, that shall he reap. If we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. When we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. But you see, he wasn't taking a stand against it. What happened to him? Eventually, demon spirits began to influence him. I know. Because I saw I saw it. There are times you begin to act up. There are times of, uh, uh, another person, you, you, you will know that this is not his voice. Someone else will take a hold of his, of, uh, no, a demon of course, take a hold of his vocal cords and start speaking through him. He wasn't possessed, but he was oppressed by that thing. He yielded to it. Well, you know how he ended? He ended tragic. He died young. Died young. Oh, one of the saddest, saddest, saddest things I've ever seen. It was a bad waste. Amen. Don't open the door to the devil in your mind. Don't open the door to the devil through your flesh. 
1 Corinthians 9.27, Paul said, but I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Galatians 5.16, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. Let your born again spirit that has the life and nature of God in it, let it dominate you. Amen. Keep the body under. Renew your mind with God's word. Fill your mind with God's word. Fill your heart with God's word. Amen. Do that. Feed on the word of God. Feed on the word of God. Build God's word into your spirit. Amen. In that way, we're able to take authority over the devil. Now, when people have mind issues, what I've seen is this. If the person is still intelligent enough that they can understand, you don't even have to have a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. You know, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Luke 4, 18. He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance. Preach deliverance. Preach deliverance. Notice he didn't say pray deliverance. He said preach deliverance. Preach deliverance. Preach deliverance to the captives. If the person is intelligent enough, they can understand. All you need to do is to preach deliverance to them. What do I mean preach deliverance? The gospel of Christ. Romans 1.16 is the power of God unto salvation. That word salvation, according to Dr. Spock, the ideas of deliverance, safety, preservation, healing, and soundness. So the gospel is the power of God unto deliverance. Let them know that they are in Christ Jesus now. Let them know that they are new creatures now. Let them know that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Once the person is sound enough to be able to understand you, just teaching him who he is in Christ will get him delivered. I've seen it. I've done it with them. Once they get a hold of their authority and begin to exercise their authority and begin to stand their ground in faith, they're free. Now, there are some cases where the person is too far gone that you can't get across to him. In cases like that, thank God we've got the Holy Ghost. We've got the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you one, uh, one that happened to Brother Hagin. There was that lady. He was gone. She was gone. Totally gone. They brought her to the parsonage. When they brought her to their house, he was wondering, Lord, how do I handle this? He had just never handled something like that. And then he remembered his mother too and the challenges she had. When to get a few other people, they came to the house. Let's just pray and seek God what we should do about this. While he was praying in other tongues, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, go stand in front of her and say, come out of her, thou unclean spirit in the name of Jesus. Well, he told himself, I don't very much think I want to do that. He continued praying in tongues. But he noticed that the more he prayed in tongues, it came again and it would come again. And he stopped praying in tongues. You know, there, but then there were people in the room praying. His wife was there. There were some other people in members of the church who are part of their prayer team who were there. So, so that they don't think he's no longer with them, he started stomping his feet. Whoa! Whoa! And hitting his hands. So they would think he's still there. You know. Then his wife did something that shocked him. She came and stood right in front of him. Her eyes were shut. She didn't see it. And she pointed her finger at him and started talking in tongues. He heard it in English. What did he hear? You're a pretty looking thing. You pray many times. Sometimes you fast. Oh God, use me, use me. I'll do whatever you tell me to do. Now I've told you what to do to help that lady. And you sit there looking at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> That's what he heard. That's what the Lord told him. She spoke in tongues. Her eyes were shut. She didn't even see. He just said, all right, Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Then he said, okay, let the anointing come on me again. I'll go do it. Well, the anointing came on him again. Went through in front of her. Come out of her, thou unclean spirit, name of Jesus. You say, what happened? Nothing. 
She looked just as insane as she was. Looked just as insane as she was. They bundled her out. Three days after, she was having another attack. And then they called him, Brother Hagin, pray, 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 pray. My mother is having one of those serious attacks. Pray, 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 pray. He said, what came out of his mouth next shocked him. He said, there's no use praying. I gave the command of faith three days ago. You know, sometimes when the devil is leaving, he will throw the person on the ground. He said, he's leaving. That's what's happening. Just throwing her around because he's leaving now. This is the last attack she will ever have. And she will be made whole. That's exactly what happened. Three o'clock in the afternoon, the third day, her mind was perfectly normal. Amen. So in cases where a fellow is too far gone, thank God for the Holy Ghost. If you can't get across to them with God's word, well, we can depend on the Holy Ghost. He can show us what to do. He can show us how to handle it. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.